Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. As we've been talking about, our theme is listening to Christ tell us a story, a story about perfect timing. It was in the fullness of time, the perfect time that Christ came into the world. It is at the perfect time, a time unknown, that he will return. The question now is, what do we do with our time to be ready for that? And maybe just like the kids struggle to answer that, maybe sometimes we as grown Christians struggle to answer that too. What do we do with our time? Our lesson from Matthew chapter 24 is a story from Jesus that teaches us just that. We remain standing out of respect and glory for the word and work of Jesus. Matthew 24, Jesus said, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, He would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It would be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of, he will cut him into pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I'm going to start this morning with an easy question, okay? Maybe, maybe an easy question. Raise your hand if you have ever procrastinated. Okay, all right, no, no one's alone here. Raise your hand, keep it up maybe, if you're procrastinating something, some task right now. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. We're, we're all in this together then. All right, that's good. And you know, I see some smiles because procrastination happens. Everyone procrastinates every once in a while, and there's nothing that quite like communicates the fact of this reality than memes. Memes do this. You know, we got this one. I'll work on my procrastination problem first thing tomorrow. All right, you get it. All right, how about this one? If good things come to those who wait, isn't procrastination a virtue? Maybe we make it to be that sometimes, okay? All right, how about this one? Procrastination? No, 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 no. I just wait until the last second to do my work because I will be older, therefore wiser. Here's another one. 
last one, second to last one actually, if you ever feel bad about procrastinating, all right, here's a picture of Mozart. Just remember that Mozart wrote the overture to Don Giovanni the morning it premiered. Maybe make you feel better. All right, so I was looking these up and then uh, I stumbled upon this one right here. Fact, you know you're procrastinating when you start looking up memes about procrastination. And then I realized, okay, maybe I should get back to, you know, preparing my sermon instead of finding all these funny memes. Well, you know, procrastination, you know, we laugh about it because, you know, it's something we all can relate to. It's something, at least by the show of hands in this sample size, it's something that most people do. Everyone procrastinates. But did you know, not everyone is a procrastinator. Here's what I mean by that. Chronic procrastination is something that some people deal with as a cognitive or emotional situation. 20% of adults do deal with it, though. And, and to put that in perspective, that is a lot. That is a lot of people. There, there's not that high number of people when it comes to other mental health conditions, whether it's something like addiction or alcoholism or depression or anxiety. No, no, no. None of those other illnesses reach that level. 20% of people deal with that. And so it's, it's something that, that isn't funny. Dr. Joseph Ferrari is a doctor who studies procrastination. He's a psychologist who's written over 300 articles about procrastination, written over 35 books about this. And he says it's, it's, it's actually not something we should joke about. As a society and a culture, it's maybe come to that where because everyone does it, we just make light of it, but we shouldn't because he's seen it firsthand ruin lives, ruin relationships, cause, cause further health conditions as people deal with the society that comes from that, and also the, the sometimes financial or personal consequences that come from not meeting real-world deadlines. He says, no, 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 we shouldn't, we shouldn't joke or make light of procrastination because it actually ruins lives. And in summary, that's the point of Jesus' parable. Two parables, really. He told two parables about spiritual procrastination. The point is simple. In both of them, don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate because, guess what? Jesus is coming back. He is coming back, and he is going to take you to heaven. So don't be a spiritual procrastinator. He, he tells the story in two ways. Here, here it is. And, and what we need to do first is maybe get into the context of this parable a little bit. So note this. We've been talking about parables for the last four weeks. And those parables that Jesus told apply to us as Christians today. But maybe they've been a little challenging. Maybe those parables that Jesus have told has been a little challenging in our Christian life because Jesus told those parables on Busy Tuesday, the Tuesday of Holy Week, as he was being questioned by Israelites' religious leaders, Pharisees. So as we think about that, and we think about applying those parables to us, well, you're not Pharisees, to put it lightly. You're not. You're God's children, his sons, his daughters. And yet, we can apply those parables to us because there's a, there's a little... Pharisee inside of all of us that still remains. But then this parable is different. I bring that up because this parable, these two parables that Jesus tells today, they're not for Pharisees and unbelievers. They're for God's disciples, 
his children. Here's what happened. Jesus left the temple with his disciples at, at the beginning of chapter 24, and they're walking out along, and the, he pointed out to him some things in the building. He says, do you see all these things? Truly, I tell you, not one stone will be left or another on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them. Jesus spends the remainder of chapter 24 telling them about signs that will not happen when the end of the age comes, and signs that you can look to about the end of the times. And in summarizing what you and me, God's disciples, his children, can expect when he definitely, for certain, is going to come again, he tells these two parables. He says, hey, listen, no one knows what that time is, not even the angels, not even the Son of Man, but keep watch. And let me compare it this way, Jesus says. I'm going to compare it to a thief. A thief comes in the night. And someone who knows this would prepare for it. Do you? Do you prepare for it? He also compares it to a servant, a servant who's been given a trust, and he says, care for it. Care for it and, and do that. If you procrastinate and don't care for the trust that God gave you, he gives a very stern warning. He said this, Christ will return and cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Procrastination, something we make memes about, it's something we joke about, but when it comes to spiritual procrastination, perhaps we shouldn't. But let's be clear, what, what are we procrastinating? Or, or what is the point of this parable? What is the point of what Jesus is sharing here that, well, maybe we're tempted to put off? Jesus tells us this in the parable. He says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? What we're talking about here is procrastinating or putting off being faithful and wise servants. What does it mean to be a faithful and wise servant? Let's break that down. A faithful servant is a servant who goes with what God has given you and gives it away. How do I know that? How do we know that? It's because this is what God's word says. In the parable, the point is this, that you are a faithful, you are a wise servant. If you do this, go and give your servants food at the proper time. You, servant, go and give the goods to others. Go and, and feed them the message of the gospel. Wait, you're saying you're getting all of this from just this verse right here? No, 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 no. That's Jesus' whole point from this entire chapter. Throughout Matthew chapter 24, when he's talking about Jesus, definitely, for certain, coming back to take all of those who believe in him, with him to heaven, and those who do not be sentenced to eternity in hell, he says this, look, before all this happens, the gospel, the gospel of my kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then, and then the end will come. This is the point that Jesus is building up to throughout this parable, throughout this chapter, excuse me, and he illustrates this with this parable. So what is a wise servant? If a faithful servant is someone who goes and gives what God has given him, what's a wise servant? A wise servant is someone who knows who God made them to be. 
It's someone who grows in who God has made them to be. You are not a Pharisee, I said before. You are God's sons. You are God's daughter. You are God's servant that he has entrusted much to. And we grow in knowing that. Second Timothy says this, but as for you, as you, servant of God, continue in what you have learned because you are convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it. And it talks about this, what it means to be wise. And from how infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is what it means to be a wise servant, someone who knows the scriptures, someone who knows what God has has given them in scriptures, status as, as sons and daughters of God, Galatians 3 and 4, and then grows in that and shares it. So now back to the matter at hand, how do we procrastinate? Do we procrastinate with that? I want to consider four kinds or four types of procrastinators with you. There's one that this parable doesn't address, but there's three that this parable does. The first one, these two parables don't address. It's, it's the defier, someone who says, you can't tell me what to do with my time. I'm going to do whatever I want. But Jesus isn't addressing those people here. Oh, he does. Go read chapter 21, 22, and 23. He gives severe warnings for people, for people who, who have that attitude about what Christ has given them. All of chapter 23 is speaking woes or words of warning and judgment to defiers. But that's not you. That's, that's not the type of procrastinator you are. Because remember who Jesus is talking to as he sits on the Mount of Olives. It's his disciples. So what kind of procrastinators might we be? Well, how about this one? A crisis maker. Someone who takes a situation where there's not a problem and makes one. Think about this. We, we read this in the parable. But suppose the servant, here's a hypothetical. He says, suppose this. Suppose the servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. It's a pretty simple charge. Here's some food. While I'm gone, give it to your fellow servants. Then he procrastinates. And worse, he, he makes a crisis. And that becomes the problem, the excuse. Ah, this is why I didn't feed them. I was out carousing. Do we procrastinate that way? L- let me illustrate how, how it actually works in procrastination, like science. You have a test coming up, okay? You have a test or, or maybe a presentation you have to give at work. There's no problem. You can do it. And yet, oftentimes people will create a crisis. Psychologists call it self-handicapping. What they'll do is this. They'll put it off. Put it off, put it off, and until the night before, then they'll cram and they'll do it. Why? So that you have an excuse. There was a crisis. I, I didn't have so much time. And then you have two outcomes. Either you do really well on the test, and then you're like, <laughs> pretty smart after all. I didn't need that much time. But if you don't do well on the test, then poof, you know, didn't have a whole lot of time. I have a built-in excuse. 
do we do that spiritually? Create a crisis. And maybe it's not beating our fellow servants or, or eating and, and carousing with drunkards. But Luke's telling of the same parable brings out a different point. Do we just let our hearts be weighed down with other things? Maybe it's not carousing and drunkenness, but maybe it's just the anxieties of life. I wasn't, wasn't a faithful and wise ser servant, but you know, I got more worries than, than other servants. The Lord says, have you been, who, who is? Who is the faithful and wise servant? Lord, you, you just put a lot on my plate. My heart's kind of weighed down. That's why I haven't been faithful and wise. The excuse works maybe for like cognitive procrastination, the test. Hey, if you do well, fine. If you don't do well, there's your excuse. But Jesus says in this parable, I'm not accepting that excuse. Someone who, who, who is like that, who, who creates this crisis, I'm going to assign them to the same place as hypocrites. There's crisis makers, and there's also a third kind, warriors. We read this in the, in the story about the thief. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Do we not act as faithful and wise servants who have been, who have been given a lot from the Lord, who have been given the gospel, who have been given gifts to share the gospel, who have been given time to share the gospel? Faithful and, and wise stewards who who know that scripture reminds us of who we are and helps us grow as his disciples because, well, I'm worried. <gasps> a thief is coming. A thief is coming. And, and you think about that. If you knew a thief is coming in real life, what would you do in real life? Well, you'd probably make sure your door's locked. You'd prepare, right? You'd lock your doors and windows. Maybe you'd get an alarm system as well. Maybe, maybe you'd turn certain lights on around your property, Maybe you'd even, even get some kind of defense weapon so that you could prepare yourself if you really knew a thief was coming in. You could do that, or you could just worry. You could just cower in the closet and hide. That'd be procrastinating in the actual sense. How do we do that in the spiritual sense? We know that Jesus is coming back. We know that there is, is judgment for the righteous and those who do not look to Christ for righteousness? Do we get active and, and, and take steps to go and be faithful and wise stirrings? Or just, it's kind of worrisome. Things are bad. I'm just going to lock myself in the closet. There's warriors. And finally, fourth, there's perfectionists. Listen to this parable. Jesus says, Who is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It would be good for that servant whom master, fi master finds him doing so when he returns. We're asking the question, Who is the faithful and wise servant? And you might hear that and you go, Oof. That's a lot of responsibility. I mean, to be a faithful and wise servant, God has given me a trust to feed the other servants, to go and give them the gospel. Oof. Oh, what if I mess that up? 
What if I burn the food? That's the analogy. Or if I say the wrong thing? What if I go and I try to act as a faithful and wise servant who's been given time and talents and the treasure of the gospel to proclaim it, but I, I just, what if I'm not smart enough? What if I, what if I ruin this? What if I, what if I mess it up? What if, what if I offend somebody? I'm just not going to do it. I might mess it up. Perfectionist. But you see what a perfectionist is thinking about. Are they thinking about the task that God has given them as a, as a steward, a servant? Are they thinking about who they are to do that? No. They're only thinking about themselves, and really not themselves, but what others think of themselves. And here's an interesting interesting quotation about non-procrastinators from Dr. Ferrari. Here's what he said. Non-procrastinators focus on the task that needs to be done. They have a stronger personal identity and are less concerned about what psychologists call social esteem or how others like us. They're just thinking about the task, not what other people think of us. Social esteem. As a a procrastinator, a perfectionist procrastinator, is that why we're not faithful and wise servants? Because we're worried about social esteem. Friends, as I was talking to a a friend in the lobby before, someone said there's no such thing as perfect timing. That's true. And yet there is a God of perfect timing. And here's what he did. When, when the time was perfect, when the time had fully come, you want to know what he came to do? Esteem us. To, to give us something greater than social esteem. Okay, that's not how it's worded, but here's what he did. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem you. You want to know how much you're worth? You want to know what others think of you? Christ has redeemed you with his own son, humiliated by by coming down from heaven, being born of a virgin, being someone to be the perfect servant, the perfect faithful and wise servant to suffer and die for us so that you and I might be adopted into his sonship. That is what Christ has done for us in the perfect time. And now he says, motivated, moved by that, be free be free from all the worries and concerns that we have as procrastinators and go and serve as a faithful and wise servant. This is the gospel. And yes, how does the gospel address a spiritual procrastinator? Well, think about it. Think about a crisis maker, someone who's, who's just making a mess of things in their life because they have not been a faithful and wise servant. Can I share some good news with you? says this, that servant, that wicked servant, would say, oh, my master's staying away a long time. So they, they get into trouble. Here's the good news. Are you ready? Crisis maker, procrastinator. God's not back. God hasn't returned yet. You say, how's that good news? How's that the gospel? God has given you time of grace. He has given you time right now. Today is the day to... Stop procrastinating. If you are a crisis maker procrastinator who is doing the figurative or the, the actual version of beating servants or carousing around with the eating and drinking with drunkards or, or being weighed down by the worries and concerns of life, look, today is the day of the Lord's salvation. We can, we can turn from that. He hasn't returned yet. 
and moved by the gracious goodness of the time that he's given us. We can repent. We can turn to him and and still be who God has made you to be. Who has God made you to be? (laughs) You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are a child, God has also made you an heir. He's given you it all. We're asking, how does the gospel affect spiritual procrastinators? Not just crisis makers, but also the worrier. Listen to this. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. You know what the procrastinator, the worrier does, right? (gasps) Oh no. Oh no, things are bad. Things are bad. I better not do anything. But listen. Listen to what you have. You have an Abba, Father. What are you worried about? What are you worried about? You have God the Father, creator of all things, the the one who controls all of time, who waited and could create the perfect time in all of history to bring his son into the world. You have him now giving your spirit, his spirit, to you. What worries do we have? There's nothing we need to fear because God is our father. We can go about being faithful and wise servants, going about the task that he is giving us faithfully to go and share the goodness of the gospel carefree. We can go about that in the same way, knowing that we are wise. We are wise for salvation because he's our father and I'm his son. You're you're his daughter. You're his son. How does the gospel affect the perfectionist procrastinator? Can I tell you, maybe a wrong way that this section of God's word is often interpreted. Oftentimes people will take this parable right here, the parable of the thief, and they'll say, you know what? You, you better watch out. You better watch out while you're sinning because you never know if while you're sinning, God's going to come back and then, then he'll get you. That's often how, you know, maybe this parable is used to, like, scare or or shame people. You better not be listening to that kind of music, kids. If God comes back while you're listening to that song, would he take you to heaven? You, You better not be looking at that grown person when God comes back. Then I, I heard someone commentating on this verse say this. You know what? Get used to it. God's gonna come back while you're sinning. Because we sin as as human beings. We're sinners yet saints. And so guess what? God's going to come back while you're sinning. And yet you want to know who who Christ is proclaiming himself to be in this parable? A thief. He is the one who has stolen away all of your sins. It's not about your perfectionism, perfectionist procrastinator. God knows that we have no holiness, no perfection in and of ourselves, And yet he is the one who came and stole away our sins. And what did he do in return? He made us faithful and wise stewards. He's given us the house. He said, here, take it, have it all. Have all the goods, all the food. One thing I ask, you give it away. Just give it away to your fellow servants. Do it at the proper time, which by the way is now. And guess what I'm gonna do in exchange for that? I am going to be happy with you, and I'm going to put you in charge of all my possessions. I'm going to give to you, oh, I'm going to clothe you with my righteousness. I'm going to make you, no, no, not just, not just servants. I'm going to make you my, my sons, 
my daughters, the inheritance of the kingdom, it's all yours. Perfectionist. Perfectionist. But we need not worry about that because God knows that's not who we were. So he made us into sons and daughters. That's, that's who we are. This is what the gospel motivates procrastinators, spiritual procrastinators, to do, to, to be, to be different. I was thinking through this and, and just how easy it is, just how easy it is to be someone who procrastinates spiritually. Always wait for a better time, a, a different day in order to share things, to share the good things that God has given us. We make big crises and small ones for reasons why not to. And, you know, at other times we worry and do nothing. At other times we, well, different form of worry and act as perfectionists. We make all these reasons why not to do things. And yet God has, has given us this time as his grace. You know how psychologists say you can help a procrastinator? It's, it's not time management skills. It's simply changing the way you think about the time that you have. This isn't a sermon about time management. It's a sermon that's proclaimed the gospel and applied it to spiritual procrastination because that's, that's what the gospel does. It, it changes us and the way we see things. Oftentimes, people will use this analogy that you, 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 you can't control the wind, but you can just control your sail. You can't control time. You can only control yourself. That maybe helps us understand how to, how to deal with emotional or cognitive or actual procrastination that we have. But here's the, here's the thing we for, forget about when it comes to spiritual procrastination. Yeah, we, we can't control time. But you know who's on our side? It's a God who did. A God who, who ended this section <laughs> where his disciples are talking to him, asking him, what, what, what's the end time going to be like? What, what should we expect? He simply looked at him and said, hey, just so you know, Passover is two days away. It's two days away, and then the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. And he did it in the fullness of time, in the perfect time. He did it for you. That's the God we have. Yeah, we can't control the wind, just the sails. And yet, think about this. We have a God who is the wind, who has, who has blown the wind into our sails, if you want to use that analogy. We have the God who sent his son to be the one to come and be the perfect servant, faithful and wise for us. And then, what's more, he's given us his Holy Spirit in us, for us, to move us to be his faithful and wise servants. May God bless you. May God bless you servants as we serve in that way. Amen. 